season two of The Young and the Rowdy. It is your boy, Patrick Young, Big Pat, back in the building. So excited bringing you season two of The Young and the Rowdies. I didn't forget you guys. I never would. Just had to do a few things along the way and just take a little bit of break. Because, you know, all we had was NBA basketball. But don't worry, people. We have a lot planned for this upcoming season. Uh, we're expanding, even getting into some football. Not me, but, you know, there's going to be somebody else doing football as well. But I want to thank you guys again for jumping in along this journey with me. Second season of hosting an awesome show, a podcast, doing uh, better than I ever would have thought. But don't forget to subscribe. And please check out the Field of 68 Media Network um, on the website if you want to watch the recordings of these interviews in which I'm doing. Um, but without further ado, you already know, let's get into this first episode of season two. And who else to have other than the head ball coach himself to get into a few things of last season, to talk about this season coming up and all the things in between that. So let's get into it. I welcome our guest, Coach Mike White. What's going on, Gator Nation? Without further ado, let's dive into it. Why not start the first, the second season of the Young and the Routers with none other than the head ball coach, Mike White. How you doing, Coach White? Doing great, Pat. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I know you've had a uh, pretty busy offseason. Um, so much stuff that happened this, this offseason for you guys and preparing for this next season. You know, uh, can you get into a little bit of that for us? Oh, wow. Where do you start, right? What a year we've all had. Um, I won't get into last season because you didn't ask me. So we, we can, uh, we'll just start with the postseason. I guess when it ends, Pat, you know, you, you immediately you go into your, your postseason individual meetings with your guys and, you know, you try to be as, as real as possible and, and transparent as possible. And, and it's a two way street, of course. And, you know, with uh, a bunch of our guys, uh, they, they were excited about getting back to work and, and saw that, um, you know, with, with this level of development, with focusing on these things, um, it makes sense for me to return. Uh, I'm kind of aligned with you, coach, so on and so forth. Uh, we had two guys that uh, – or three guys that decided to enter the draft. Two stayed in, of course. Colin Castleton came back. And then lately, you know, in the past three or four weeks, we had another guy who um, in, in Samson Roots and Sev who had decided to, to come back, was really excited, was working really hard, uh, thought he'd have a breakout sophomore year. He ended up signing a contract in Europe. Um, he stayed over there. So that was uh, that was tough for us. But, you know, we're excited for him, of course. And then we had four guys that jumped in the portal. Um, which is obviously very, very uh, prevalent these days. It's the climate of college basketball. I want to say we had uh, near mid-80s in terms of our league. I want to say maybe 85 transfers in our league, four, of course, with us. Um, it's what it is. You know, it's, it's, we're going to see it year in and year out. We were able to get four out of the portal. Uh, we were able to sign another player here uh, recently who had a really good summer uh, with the EYBL. Uh, who reclassed um, in, in Elijah Kennedy. So really like our class coming in. Kowasi Reeves is a freshman, a five-star guy, uh, very talented, hardworking kid. Um, so in terms of that, I mean, and all that's just recruiting, right? And then right. Um, we had, as you know, Pat, we had uh, two assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people come, you, you hear for, you know, for a month, man, that, that 
what bad news you lost those guys. No, it's great news. You know, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, you sign players to help them become the best that they can be. You hope that they can realize the dream and play professionally one day, regardless, stay on track academically from when the ball stops bouncing. You're trying to develop leaders on and off the court with staff members, with brothers. You know, we're very, very close. Of course, you're in the trenches with these guys. You work in 18 hour days with these guys over the course Absolutely. of seven, eight months. Um, and Darius Nichols and, and Jordan Mincy had become ready, you know, probably in the last couple of years to become head coaches. And, and that's what they, uh, achieved. They, um, provided great consistency here. You know, we're one of six teams that have advanced in the last four NCAA tournaments across the entire country. And those guys were a big part of that. And, um, they're ready. I'm excited for them that I, that's three for three, you know, in terms yep. of the three assistant coaches that came from Louisiana tech. You know, we brought a, a, a mid-major staff here. We thought we thought we were a high-major staff. I thought those guys were really good. Um, we, we were proven to be right because all three of those guys are now head coaches. They'll all be really good, of course. Super excited for them. Crazy summer. Brought in uh, Eric Pastrana and Akeem Miskadeen to fill those huge shoes. Really excited about these guys and, and what the future holds here for us. Yeah, you just you just dove into a lot uh, there, Coach, and super excited that Coach Mincy was here in, in, in JU. Um, got a chance to uh, connect with him a little bit down here. He's he's um, fantastic, just a fantastic salt of the earth, just great energy. I mean, just like you, <laughs> I, I would I would expect expect nothing less. Um, now you're kind. Oh, he, he's a stud. He's he's yeah. got as much energy as as anyone I know. What what is the process? Because I know um, I connected with you a little bit earlier uh, this summer of striving to fill those vacancies, you know, how, how tough is that to find the right guys? Uh, and I, I have no doubt that you obviously did that. I just, I, I'm not in your position, so I don't even know what it's, what it's yeah. like when you're trying to fill those gaps. You know, Pat, I, yeah, I can't lie to you. It's, it's really, really, really difficult. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, for, for me, at least, you know, we're all, we're all built different. We all have different DNA and, and I'm, I'm a type of guy I tell people all the time, joking around. And I used it a lot when I was going through those coaching searches of which took a long time. Um, and you learn from every search, just like you learn from every recruiting process, hiring process, you, you learn and, and you're developing throughout life um, year in and year out. Um, but I, I'm a type of guy that can go into Walmart at 10 o'clock at night and get stuck comparing labels and sales. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You go in there to get one thing and, or Publix and I'm heck, I might be in there an hour and a half and I'm just, and I'm just, uh, you know, just overly thorough, uh, at times, um, probably overthink some stuff at times, you know, Eric and Akeem were two guys that I was really high on immediately. Um, and then, um, I guess I wouldn't take it back because as you go through the process, you end up realizing, you know, I circled back and said, these two guys, um, as excited as, as I was in the first week, I'm, I probably should have just hired them then, you know, but what, what's the right guy to hire? Who is, yeah. it? you know, everyone's got different opinions. And, um, and I'm a guy that, that uh, as, I, as I do preach to our guys, not to let too much exterior noise in, of course, but I do take opinions, you know, and there's right. a lot of guys that, that I lean on and current staff, former staff, uh, a bunch of different ways to, as you can imagine, form a imagine staff. A great vetting, a vetting process. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, do, do you hire um, you, you hire a former head coach? Do you hire uh, an NBA uh, assistant coach? Do you hire a G League head coach? Do you hire an AU coach? Do you... And so you, you you end up going through, at least I did, um, a consideration of, of so many different type of guys. Meanwhile, your phone's going crazy the whole time because the University of Florida is what it is and people want to be here. It's a destination place. Um, which adds further confusion to the whole thing, right? Because now you're and, – and it takes time because you want to return calls and then you want to take calls of certain people you respect in the business that might be pushing someone that they feel like might be a really good fit. So yeah. uh, very, very taxing. Um, that said, uh, the biggest factor, most important factor to me, you know, can you recruit? Can you coach? Um are you a good mentor? Are you a good X and O guy? Are you really good with film? Are you really good with scouting? You know, all, all those things are important, but most importantly, are you a great human being? You know, do, yeah. do you, are you a great teammate with the people you're working with? Are you going to be an incredible example to these young men? Can we all trust each other? You know, um, that's huge. Do you want to be in a foxhole with these guys? And ultimately we're back to, again, two dudes, two coaches that uh, are great, great people, huge shoes to fill. Um, but the two guys that uh, we were able to attract, uh, Pat, are great human beings. Um, can't wait to meet them. Very similarly. I'm pumped. I, I, can't, I can't wait to meet them. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we need you back. We need you to come back, not only to meet these guys, but to jump into practice and, and beat up on our bigs. <laughs> hey, I can still go. I can't, I can't go for I a long no time, doubt. but – Put me in that half court setting, and we're just working on post. None of those guys are going to score on me. I tell you that. <laughs> I believe it. We would. Shoulder, we wouldn't have to shoulder, double, would we? Shoulder squares to the sideline. Yeah. Don't don't even send the double. Don't send the double. I got him. <laughs> so let's get in a little bit to. Well, what did you, what do you do? You know, after the season's over, because obviously, you know, I just read um, Tim Grover's book, Winning. Man, awesome. Um, and you know, as people that have tasted winning, we understand there's a process to that. And, you know, winning doesn't wait for anyone. It doesn't care if you've worked, stayed up, slept in, whatever, whatever process that you put yourself into, it's like, all right, I don't care that you put the work in and the season did this or that. Ha ha. Next, next season, tough luck. But, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you hear stories about former players, maybe Jordan or Kobe or that after the season's over, they might take a day off and, you know, they're back at it full go. You know, for you as as a coach in your position, how did you how you decompress for a little bit, and then when you get get like back into, I'm sure the the brain never turns off. <laughs> right. I'm sure I'm sure it never turns off. But right. you know, getting after the season's over, decompressing, spending some more time with the family. I know you went on a few vacations. I'm sure you really enjoyed that. What do you what do you do to kind of like just balance yourself back and then get back into that frame of mind of where you are. Yeah, it's very difficult, Pat, um, especially in, a, in an offseason uh, like we had. You know, certain offseasons, as I'm sitting here, you know, August 12th, um, you feel really recharged and you've had time to get away. You've had time where you can put your phone down for a couple. We didn't have that luxury this offseason, um, just being honest, um, because of what we just talked about, you know, the, yeah. the filling assistant spots, the portal, um, who's going to stay in the draft, who's coming back. And um, I remember it vividly. The season's over. We go to the beach. Um, and literally the entire time uh, we were at the beach, maybe four or five days, I didn't hit the sand. I, I didn't get a chance to, 
to touch the sand, unfortunately. And I love being out in the water. I love paddle surfing. Um, Kira had the kids one on five down there, and I was up. Um, uh, I was up on the balcony where I had a good signal uh, working the portal. That's that's kind of what what we did. It was just it was a crazy summer, um, which it, it, crazy year, right? Started with 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 COVID, of course, and then um, Keontae's situation. Just an unbelievable year. Um, normally, you know, we we like to enjoy the water a little bit. Right. Uh, I, I guess. I guess we'll have, you know, some, um, 36, we probably had a couple 36 hour getaways, if you will, where we just, uh, I'm on the phone a little bit less, um, you know, where you just, what do we do for fun other than getting in the water, just curing the kids, just hanging out, you know, um, maybe cooking a dinner together, watching the latest Disney movie is that's yeah. kind of what we do. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It's, it's great having, you know, they always stay behind a, not behind, beside a great man is a great woman. And I I, have, I don't think I've gotten a chance to meet your wife yet, but I can only imagine she's, she's or you, we gotta make, make that happen uh, sometime this upcoming season. Absolutely. Uh, but, um, you know, look, now that things are the way they are with the transfer portal, you know, how is that going to, we got to speak on that a little bit a few months ago. Sure. You know, how is that going to approach, how does that approach your recruiting now? Like, cause you, you know, some of the guys you grab, they have only one year of eligibility. So they're just here for a pit stop, but they're They know, you know, they're, they're going to make the most of this opportunity. Um, and then like going to next, like how much are you going to spend time into the, the transfer portal versus bringing in uh, kids out of high school, some of these top 20 kids out of high school. Now that they're seeing um, the opportunities to go to this G league ignite program, do we do we not even worry about those kids now? Do like, how do you, how do you navigate? Cause I think it was, what was it? 1600 kids. Uh, college basketball players entered the portal this year. Um, yeah. some, some, something crazy. It seems like that's going to be, uh, it'd be much more useful to grab a kid from another school, depending on the situation. Maybe it yep. just didn't work out for him. Um, but he's a good character guy, fits in, and he can come and play and get it right away versus, you know, that freshman, Trey Mann had that, that freshman year curve that he, you know, had to get through. If you can yep. avoid that and get a guy to come in right away to Im impact winning, you know, I'd spend more time in the transfer portal. So I'm, I'm sure that's something that you're going to be doing a lot more of these upcoming years. Yeah, I think we'll consider it more than we have in the past, you know, with the one-time transfer exception where guys can become immediately eligible to complement the, uh, the, you know, the grad transfer exception, of course. Um, that said, I, I don't know that, you know, certain programs I'm sure will um, will recruit solely that way. Um, we, we've considered it, but we're just not going to. I just think our recruiting base as um, you know, is, 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 is very lucrative. You know, I, I think we've got uh, a lot of talented guys in our area. Um, again, we've got a really strong brand name uh, in the Florida Gators. I think we can attract a lot of high level talent, uh, both athletically and, and in terms of their character, uh, great people here. So with us, we, we've talked about balancing it as much as possible. So, you know, we can all sit here and, and complain about it. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm glad for these these young men that have opportunities to it's not quite working for me individually. So be it, you know, yeah. um, go to another place. And, and now you've got a, a chance where you don't have to sit, you know, at least one time. Um, that, that's, I think that's I think it's a great thing. Uh, so I think that the transfer portal has such a negative connotation, but I think there's some positives to it, too. Not only that, but for us programs like us it gives opportunities to balance rosters you know we again we lost three guys to to play professionally well we were able to bring in 
some older guys because Scotty and Trey and Sam would have been a sophomore, a junior, a junior. Now all of a sudden, instead of having to replace those guys with three freshmen, like we would have, you know, 10, 20 years ago, now it's, let's take a, let's take a junior and Myron Jones from Penn state, you know, a couple grad transfers and, and Flan and BMAC and, and CJ Felder, you know, as who's got two or three years left. So um, gives an, gives us an opportunity to balance uh, that said, I, I do think um, the biggest challenge is just um, the, the, the overall level of continuity and the fact that 365 days you, you're having to um, evaluate, uh, you know, high school juniors, high school sophomores, yeah. high school seniors, and the entire portal and, and guys that could potentially jump in the portal. You're really evaluating just about every roster in the country now, junior college players. And then throughout the year, you're, 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 you're probably putting percentages on how many of these guys are we going to lose, you know, right. because yeah. you, you know how it is, Pat, we're going to have five guys that start this year. I don't know if the same five will start every game, but you're going to have nine through 13, eight through 13, different guys look at it in different ways. Those guys, you know, those, the second half of your, of your roster, um, are they going to stick it out? Um, yeah. Or are they going to jump in the portal? Um, and no hard feelings either way, but y- you're trying to evaluate that um, right. throughout the entire season, throughout the off season. It just, it makes for um, re- recruiting was always on the forefront of everything we do. Now it's even more on the forefront. It's right. never ending. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, that's why it's, you know, so important, as you said, having the right staff to, you know, those nine through 13 guys, to continue to cultivate those, those relationships and challenge them. Like, Hey, you know, in the NBA, they always say, stay ready, stay ready, keep preparing. Cause you never, you never know. Uh, but you know, maybe sometimes the, the, maybe sometimes the situation isn't right for you and it, there's no hard feelings at all because everyone wants uh, all these kids to succeed and be successful and, and, and achieve what they want. But look at, you know, Colin, for, for example, um, two years in Michigan, I think maybe one or two points, he averaged or something like that. But he, you know, when I had him on the show, he just like, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to wait for my opportunity. So when he, it, it was, he said it was a tough decision to transfer, but, you know, coming back to, to close to family, the opportunity to play with you. And then he has an awesome year. You know, it's not, it's no yeah. surprise because he, he put that work in. And of course, again, everyone's situation is going to be different, but having that mindset, you know, for, for in life in general, a lot of people want to, you know, we think about long suffering, enduring, persevering. Those are like curse words now. It's all about immediate gratification. I yeah. want it right now. I worked hard. I worked hard for a week. <laughs> I had one good summer. So, right. you know, but it's like, no, like you, you got to keep building up on that percentage, that 1% yeah. every single day, consistent. And not only what you do on the court, how can you take care of your life and have balance on the other areas as well? Sure. Uh, but it's, it's exciting. I'm super excited about this season. You, you know, you brought some, some great guys in. Got to let you guys in on a little secret here. My friend Colin, who is the owner at New Scooters for Less and has been a huge advocate for the University of Florida and for Gainesville, has a podcast called Woe Gainesville. It's a podcast he's been building now for over three years. He interviews a wide variety of guests on the overarching theme of leadership and business. He's out to help Gainesville retain as much of the top five talent coming out of the University of Florida 
help businesses attract experienced talent to Gainesville and help businesses build as many collaborations as possible. You can find his show by going to whoagnv.com or by searching Woe Gainesville podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Actually, Colin had me on his show a few weeks ago, episode 91, with my best friend and business partner. I highly recommend you checking that out and giving it a listen. Go check him out. Thanks, you guys. Before we get into the excitement and the things that I want to talk about for uh, to, for, for next season, this upcoming season, you know, looking back at last season, you know, people don't got to remember all the obstacles you guys had to face before, you know, everyone did, but before and during the season, like, you guys didn't have a weren't able to, to use the locker room all season. Um, one player on the team, he was quarantined for, I think Duke told me, almost four weeks during the yep. whole season. Multiple players get COVID. Uh, this and that happens. Just so many ups and for you, you know, was, was that would you say that was one of the hardest seasons that you 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 know preseason with through COVID, one of the toughest seasons that you had to endure? Not even close. Not even close. The coaching, it was it was three times harder than, than any year I've been a part of. And that's before you even get to Keontae's situation. It yeah. was an incredibly taxing year. I guess we can stay with COVID for a little bit. Um, you know, a, a positive that kind of turned into a negative for us, I, I think because of all of the, um, the, the guidelines and the fact that um, uh let me just put it this way. So, so Duke Werner, you know, Duke, you know, um, the man associate athletic director. Now he, he, he was, he was your, uh, athletic director now. Yep. He's, he's made it. He's big time. Wow. We call him associate when you, yeah. When you get him on the phone, you call him associate. He's earned it. I said, yes, he has. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. So as he did a great job with keeping our guys healthy, Right. But you also know that uh, once guys got it, they were they they wouldn't have to be quarantined after they got it. Right. So the the curse of the fact that we were one of the most healthy teams in in terms of several guys not getting it, uh, it led to more quarantines for us, maybe compared to some other teams. And um, that was the fortunate thing and the unfortunate thing. But um I think that Duke and the rest of our administration, Stacy, just did a really good job of of doing everything they possibly could to keep our guys as healthy as possible, um, to educate all of us really um, in terms of um, of staying healthy and um, and just again doing everything we could. So, I mean, Pat, um, I could go on and on with this, uh, as you can imagine, like team circles at the end of practice. You know, we, it wasn't a circle where we got arms around each other anymore. You know, last season it was oh, spread yeah. out the entire court. You know, we got masks on. Coach, I can't hear you. <laughs> You're screaming through your mask. I'm killing cough drops because my throat's on fire, you know, just trying oh, to coach through masks. Um, the pre, uh, pre-game uh, film, uh, you know, the, the spacing there, the uh, sometimes Duke coming up to you as you, hey, man, you grab two guys and, in the middle of a practice and we should have done. And, and all of a sudden Duke's got his hand on your shoulder saying, no, Hey coach, we got to space out again. Remember it was, it was just nonstop as it should have been because it, you know, this was, this was bigger than basketball, of course, right. but um, just to try to operate normally just didn't happen. It wasn't going to happen. 
I, I can only I can only imagine when when Duke told me um, that you guys weren't able to you know the players weren't able to use the locker room the entire season you know that's where guys you know before practice uh, after practice just have camaraderie and connect and and he was like no I mean a lot of guys they'll finish practice they'll they'll go just drop their stuff they'll go shower at home and I'm just like man I remember some some of my favorite memories in uh at school right. with the guys were in the locker room that's right. Just, just connecting and clowning around and what playing games and stuff. But, you know, you, you remember, too, I'm sure, Pat, like uh, on the road when you check into hotels. Right. Say it's uh, <clears throat> six o'clock. Hey, let's all meet down here in the banquet room at seven thirty and we're going to have dinner together. And, you know, that's that's a time we all we, yeah. we all you know, we all hang out and then, you know, buffet style, eat, get seconds and thirds, watch some film whatever, put on the SEC network, watch the game that night. And it was, man, it was like boxed, whatever. Sometimes they'd serve you, but they would encourage you, hey, go back to your room. So we just didn't have those opportunities. But it, it's not Florida specific, of course. It was college yes. athletics specific. It was, yeah. it was, uh, it, it was very, very, uh, it was across the board. So, but it, it was unique that that um, none of these teams, um, us included, had those same. Just didn't feel the same. Didn't have those opportunities just to hang out and and um, and and have some normalcy. Of course. What did last season teach you? Teach you about life in general, personally. Um, yeah, you know, gratitude, something we talk about as much as anything. Pat, you and I have talked about that. Um, we we could hammer that point home every day. Oh yeah. The fact that. Um, We've got an opportunity to do it. It's a little bit different, but didn't have an opportunity to finish last year. Uh, Keontae's situation, of course, speaks to gratitude as much as anything in in, yeah. in several different ways. Um, patience, perseverance, compliance. You know, um, look, I don't want to wear this mask. Right. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to walk over here and get these couple guys in a huddle and put my arm around them. You know. But these people are professionals at what they do, and we need to be compliant and and take direction, yeah. uh, fall in line, and um, and just be just be company guys. We've got to do what what we're asked to do. Um, those are probably the things that stick out the most, Pat. That's awesome. Speak, speaking of of Keontae, I know that um, you know we love him, and we again bigger than basketball. Um, and we're hoping just in you know, the fact that he's, he's alive, he's healthy, um, has a lot of life for, you know, God willing, a lot, a lot of life left to live. Um, you know, any, any updates on when we can find out if what's going to, what it's going to look like for, for next season for him or, or when he's going to get tested again and see, see what his future is going to look like in regards to basketball. Yeah, he, Pat, he has not been cleared. And, uh, you know, anything moving forward, it would just come from him or, or his okay. family or his, or his medical people. But, yeah, you know, that that's the basketball piece, um, which which is not as important as you talked about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I know I know it's super important to him, of course, and uh, and, and really to all of us, of course. But but, um, you know, especially a, a, a 20 year old who um, has worked really, really hard to put himself in position to be one of the better players in the country. He's the best player I've ever coached, you know, and. He was going to have a monster year. He was on pace. Uh, he showed it in those early games, but he showed it a lot more to us as a staff and his teammates in all of those practices leading up to the to the season opener. 
Um, this where made it we, look so easy. The game. Oh my goodness! Easy. Yeah, oh. and he had just developed with his um, you know, with his skill level. He just took a huge jump with uh, getting a taste. You know, he 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 was potentially going to going to go in the draft and stay in the draft there after after that that uh, would have been his the end of his freshman year and. You know, he got some feedback from some people, and, uh, and he just went to work. And he, this pad, he was coming off ball screens at 23 feet and shooting it like a two guard, and 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 really making great plays, good decisions as kind of a as a ball handler. Uh, assist turnover ratio was really good in practice. He was just he was phenomenal in practice. And um, but all that said, you know, he you, you said it. He's he's with us. He was. Um, he was a, a, a huge piece of everything that we did last year. He was our most valuable player last yeah. year um, uh, as a guy that was, you know, sitting on the, on the bench with us, of course, but was huge in practice. He's a, he's a wonderfully talented young man. He's as likable a young man as I've ever been around. Magnetic. Um, our guys just love being around him. He's sneaky, funny. You know, the media wouldn't know it. Our fans may not know it, but he is funny. As, as he's a good dancer, too. He's a he's really good dancer. Time. Yeah, I don't know what the heck he's doing, but those he's got some moves, right? I mean, <laughs> he's a really talented dude, and uh, and we love him, and we're proud yeah. of him. Yeah, super. Um, going to continue to keep him in our prayers and just pray for God's will and uh, just gratitude, like you said, to and just the way that him and his family um, – you know, Duke talked about a little bit when I had him on, handled everything and just the support, the love, the um, coming out of it, the continued, the, the, the positivity, the using, using what looks like a, a tragedy or a terrible circumstance and using it for positive energy and just a message of, again, gratitude and just excitement of life. And just, I was just blown away, just blown away with how they, um, they just, took on on you know more than anyone could ever imagine and just just yeah. you you know i can only imagine that the family is pro, entire life is turned around for the better and, and just the the gratefulness of every day we wake up because we really don't know we really don't know That's but right. uh coach we i know i got you for a few more minutes let's get into the excitement coming into next season as you said you grabbed a few guys uh, coming in next year, we got C.J. Felder out of Boston College, Philandris Fleming Jr. out of Charleston Southern, Myron Jones, Penn State, and Brandon McKissick out of Missouri, Kansas City. Uh, definitely excited for these guys that have had some experience. Uh, get into it and, 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 and tell us a little bit about those guys and what you've seen this offseason so far. Yeah, sure. Uh, Pat, we had some really good workouts. You know, we had abbreviated practices, summer practices. It, it's not quite the same level of intensity or competition that it's going to be in, in, in the fall. You know, we, we always talk about in the summer, we've got training wheels on and we take them off in the fall and you amp it up a little bit. Uh, not as much full court uh, because until we get in great shape, you know, I, I want to reduce the, the risk for injuries, of course. Um, because you know uh, Preston Green's got him in the weight room and he's he's hammering these guys hey. and putting on weight left and right. Strong man, strong every, man. <laughs> every Friday we're still doing every it. Every Fridays, baby. yeah. So our the before and after pictures of our guys over eight weeks this summer was uh, incredible. Uh, guys made huge strides in the weight room. Um, didn't have a bad day, honestly. You know, you you know, I tell you. Uh, I tell the media uh, when we have a bad day, I just let's let's own it. Um, we had some good practices. We've got some maturity, some experience. 
Now, how it all um, meshes, you know, when 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 guys um, earn starting spots and don't earn starting spots and minutes are divvied or, or earned rather, because that's that's really what it is. Right. We'll see how guys uh, respond to all that. But right now, we're in a pretty good place. Two uh, conference defensive player of the year award winners uh, out of, out of those four guys, and then C.J. Felder, you, you, you got to put in that um, conversation as well as as an elite level uh talent uh you know not, not that he's an elite defender today but he his talent level defensively is really really high you know and myron jones is uh is a developing defender uh a really underrated passer can really score it mckissick's got some um some pit bull to him you know he yeah. can really guard the ball of course can play a couple positions offensively really shooting it well uh cj we talked about his, his defensive talent but offensively He's got some some downhill ball skills uh, for a guy his size, really, really long, very versatile offensively and defensively. And Flan Fleming is is good at everything. He's just he's a good basketball player. Throwback. What position is he? I don't know. You know, what's his biggest strength? I don't know, but he's he's not bad at anything. You know, yeah. he's a he's a really solid uh player. And, and we really like those four. Kowasi Reeves is as talented a guy as we've brought in here, you know, in a dogfight trying to earn minutes, of course. Uh, works as hard as anyone in the program, lives in the gym, uh, and he's 6'6", can sprint into shots, got a big-time motor, good length. Love it. Uh, we, we really like the guys we're bringing in. And Elijah Kennedy, we added recently, can sprint into three balls. Yeah, Man. athletic, lefty, ah. sturdy, competitive, doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he's, he's a ball big, security too. guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, For being a, a freshman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we uh, when we had him on campus, we made sure we didn't bring him over near the football offices. We didn't want Coach Mullen poaching him for as a defensive back. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some of his highlights on on Instagram. I'm like, man, this kid is an athlete. So yeah, yeah man, but we just just continue to cultivate that competitiveness. Like we just those guys got to step out on that court, and when they put that 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 Florida brand on, just they whoever's stepping into the the exact tech or whatever, they know that we got they got you got nine dogs. Or whoever's on five, the first five that are starting dogs that are coming at you. We don't care how ugly it looks. We don't care if we're playing in the fifties. We want to be playing in the eighties, but we don't care. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grind it out every game this upcoming season. And I'm I'm super excited for you. Um, super excited for this upcoming season and, and you know the work that you put in. And I think a lot of people don't get a chance, obviously, to see all the work that you put in um behind closed doors they don't people don't understand the grind of recruiting um and the sacrifices you make it does not go unseen and the fact that you're able to continue as you said being more than just a de decent human being you know being being a guy that'll you know take the time and do something like this for me and you know two years in a row and uh whenever I get a chance to see what well, you always welcome all the former guys that come in and we're just always so grateful for it and I'm just so grateful uh to not only call you coach but call you friend so I know, I know you got a call coming up, Coach, and I really, really, really appreciate your time. Well, we're all proud of you, big fella. And, and you just got – you gave me goosebumps. You fired me up talking about dogs and we're going to guard. And I remember you winning 30 games in a row as a senior. So you're giving the first pregame speech this year. Hey, you let me know when. I'll be you there. Send a car service. Get you over here. <laughs> I'll be there. Yes, sir. <laughs> appreciate you, big fella. Yeah, appreciate you. Have a Ladies and gentlemen, that was it. That was Coach White. Love that guy to death. So thankful that he has time to jump on this show. This is the Young and the Rowdies. 
I'm Patrick Young. This is the first episode of season two. We're going to start sprinkling some episodes here for you in September and October, and we will be full go uh, in November up until the end of the season. I'm striving to get you guys one episode per week. Uh, find me on my Twitter account and my Instagram account at Patrick Young, the number four, on whatever guests you want us to get in next. I'll try to stay as best as I can interacting with you guys to get some questions and let you know when the next guest will be coming. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much uh, for joining me on this journey again. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, share this podcast with anyone you think that will like it. And without further ado,